Hey, top fans, it's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry here, and I got another new face in the clubhouse uh, uh, this afternoon. Chris, how are you? How's it going, Bill? Thanks for having me. Hey, you are so welcome. Thanks for coming in. Uh, Chris is a fan of a team that he'll tell us about in a second that we've had uh, in the clubhouse before. Different perspectives, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he has to say about this. Uh, so top fans, uh, just the standard commercial as we get started, this will be on our podcast, this will be on the site, make sure you make comments, like it, or, or subscribe to the YouTube as you're, uh, after you watch this. Chris and I have had a great conversation before recording, I'm sure we'll have a great conversation afterwards, so let's have some fun. Chris, let's get into talking about your team. Who's your team? All right, so I got it right here on my, uh. I'm a lifelong Mets fan, uh, born and raised. You know, uh, I think I had most games this last season. I think I got to 12 games. So, you know, it's uh, de definitely uh, when the season's going, it it's a big priority for me. <laughs> you start scheduling things around that. Sorry, I can't do that right now. Your buddy's calling you. <laughs> nope, I'm watching the Mets game. It's against exactly. the Pirates. You're going to win. That doesn't matter. Come on <laughs> over, bring, you know, bring something to drink, bring some food. But come on over. I'm watching the game. That's it. I mean, that's like one of the best things around baseball season. You know, they play almost every day. So it's like you come home from work, you come home from what you're doing, and it's like you never let down. They're always on the TV. You catch the sec, you know, the, the last couple of innings if you were busy. You get to see the, you know, the uh, the meat and potatoes of the game. It's great. Yeah, that's and that's what's unique about being on the West Coast because I'm finishing up wrapping my day up and I'm on MLB.com because let's face it, you know, middle of the at end of the workday, right? And I've already got games that are starting. And I'm, okay, I got it all night. This is great. It starts as early as four o'clock. So. Yeah, that's yeah, that's something we don't. Uh, you get like a, a day game. I think Thursdays. Uh, that's about it. The rest of them is seven ten start all, all year round. <laughs> yeah, it's a, and it kind of sucks for you guys when you guys are out here playing the Dodgers or something. You got to wait until ten ten for the game to start, right? Oh yeah, I remember. I think we were playing San Francisco, and it was like a ten, like. 45 start one day it was like crazy <laughs> that's all of a sudden you developed a really quick cold right <laughs> and you're calling into work sick the next day sorry yeah 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 we know the Mets game was on late we got it. yeah ex exactly they, they they would they would know if uh they they, they knew something happened they checked the Mets or the Mets going extra innings or something like what happened here and then I was caught red-handed yeah I I have a shared calendar at my office with some of the people that I work with that I, I kind of help out. And I, every time when opening day starts, I'll put on there, I usually put where I'm at, what time, you know, that way I'm not bouncing around places and I'll put um, Dodger home opener anywhere I want, <laughs> leave me alone all day. And then for the first day of October, when, you know, that what first playoff game, same thing, world series, the whole week I put the on the schedule, what time the games are at. I'm like, do not call me, text me, or anything between an hour before the game starts and three hours after it starts, just in case it went bad, just for your sanity, just in case it so went bad. That cool-off period of uh, worst-case scenario, right? Yes, 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 you know, you know. All right, so how did you develop a love for the Mets? Is it just location, or where'd that love develop? Yeah, so um... – you know, my, my two big sports, you know, football and baseball as well. Um, and, you know, it's kind of just uh, I would like to say I inherited it. You know, my father, a big Mets Mets fan, big Jets fan. So 
Uh, it's been tough sometimes to, uh, with those teams, but, um, you know, I stay loyal. And, you know, I think when you win and you stay like that, that that's what makes it all better. So, um, and I actually, I don't know if you follow um, some of the broadcasters um, in New York, but I used to grow up next to, um, my next neighbor was Sal Akata when he was growing up. So I, I, my we, parents would leave us over there all all week long with the babysit. And he was, you know, the biggest Mets fan you'll ever meet. Like he would get, his father would drop him off before batting practice, before the games, would go home and come back later to pick him up. Like he just, so, you know, and he was also a Mets fan. So he went right in line. So, you know, just exposed to the uh, orange and blue, very young age. And, you know, I, I don't switch up. I love it. I love it. I love it. So my next question, I guess, kind of bleeds into that one. But besides for that, do you have a nostalgic memory or or memory that happens every season or something like that? Friends, family, going to the game, something that just makes you that that fan? I would say one of the earliest memories of being at a game, I don't know if it was my first game necessarily, but it was at Shea Stadium. <laughs> and um, – they were wearing, and I forget what kind of throwback jerseys they were wearing, but it was some league, um, league-wide, you know, jersey throwback. And Mike Piazza hit a home run right, like, in our direction. And that was just, you know, to see him, you know, the, the pizza man hit hit a live home run. It was great. You know, he was always my favorite player growing up. All my friends loved Mike Piazza. He was just like, he was the Mets for all those years. And just seeing a live home run. It was just like, you know, and I was with my parents and you know, that was, that was probably one of the, the really first iconic memories for me. You know, it's funny that it, so many Mets fans talk about Mike Piazza. Um, and I, and to me, he is a Met, right. But where did he start his career? Oh yeah. You guys have him, you know, I, one of the only times that I literally was depressed about a trade was the <laughs> night that Piazza got traded. Um, there was a scuffle. There was a bunch of rumbling here in LA that Piazza was going to get traded because he was having trouble with the front office. And I always thought, no way. Tommy Lasorda is his godfather. There's no way Tommy's going to let him go anywhere, right? Not a chance. That's right. I forgot about that dynamic. Yeah. And and he is, I think it was like a Tuesday night game or something like that, but he came into the clubhouse and he got traded to Florida. I don't know if you remember this or not, but he got traded to Florida and he was in Florida for like two days. And then he got <laughs> traded over to the Mets. And I just thought, oh, my gosh. And then I thought, well, you know what? We'll get him back in this next contract year, which is like a year or two. And then he went and he bought a, a condo out there in, in New York, like almost right away. And I thought, we're not getting this guy back. And <laughs> then after in 9-11, when he hit that home run, I'm like, that's it. He's a Met. He's not allowed to leave Queens. He is a Met. He is. That's it. And so. Yeah, he was he really took that, you know, face of that franchise for those years and and ran with it. I mean, I remember the whole and then, you know, with the crosstown rivalry, with the whole throwing of the bat with Clemens, Piazza staring him down like like those are some of the the, those old moments that, you know, that I'll never forget. And, And, you know, a lot of them as growing up as a kid were, you know, centered around Mike Piazza. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just watched a, um, gosh, it was a documentary on the Yankees 
and it was and it had all kinds of different rivalries on it and it showed that piazza clemens thing and it showed piazza going yard on him earlier in the season and then clemens hitting him yeah and then it showed piazza you know the bad break and then clemens saying afterwards oh i thought it was a ball i was thrown towards the dugout okay <laughs> if you thought it was a ball why would you throw it towards the dugout? <laughs> first base right <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm not, I'm not putting down, you know, I'm not picking up what you're putting down. Sorry. Dude. <laughs> yeah. He, he Piazza owned Clemens too. And, and Clemens was like, you know, and you know, that's the whole, you know, debate, the whole, who should get in the hall of fame. But I mean, he was first ballot to me before all that controversy and, and Piazza just had his number. You know, it's one of those things that certain people just, they, they just have success. I have to tell you, though, I used to love watching those competitors go at each other. I mean, to play at that level, to be a Piazza or to be a Clemens, to play at that level, that's that's something you, you just don't always get a chance to witness. It's a special it's a special thing. Right. I mean, you know, if you're if you're uh, you're not talking about a, a, a number four starter against the number eight batter. Right. You're talking about two potential Hall of Famers, one that's in and one that right. will probably get in on the Veterans Committee after a while, after he kind of calms down a little bit. Yeah. yeah, he's got the numbers for it. I mean, forget yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's there like actually to to bring on to that point. I felt like that, um, like just after, you know, COVID was going on and then to when baseball came back, it was like, you know, you only missed like for like a couple months before they had that 60 game season. But I remember watching these games and being like, like just to watch these type of these athletes at this level playing this sport. It was like, you know, like I just felt even though it was a couple months only missed, but like I like it was like taken for granted. I was just like, like how like amazing that talented these these guys are and how the competitiveness and just like after the, what the world was going through to have the, those games come back. It was just like, you know, it's like, it, it's just, it, it was unreal to step back and, and, and take a new appreciation for it. So I definitely, you know, these athletes are competing at the, competing at the highest level is really something. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is incredible. It is, it's something special to see. It, it just is. It's crazy. It's, but that's what makes baseball so much fun. I, I work in an office, with a bunch of people that don't understand baseball. <laughs> and so they'll watch it and they'll text me something and I'll say, no, did you not see this <laughs> scenario? Did you not? And then I'm thinking, never mind. I, I won't. I mean, that's, that's why we have top fan. Come on and talk to me about top fan. So that's it. That's it. I mean, yeah, sometimes you can't, uh, you know, I, I got friends. Uh, one of my good friends actually um, moved here, you know, I think seven years ago from Montenegro and, uh, he really got into football. He actually played, you know, Montenegro small, but he played professional rugby. So, you know, he's, he's got all, he's got all his fake teeth and stuff, but so he immediately loved football and he learned all the rules and like became as privy to the game as I am to it. But baseball, he's just like, Oh, you know, I can't, I can't like follow this and that. And I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm getting excited. Like each pitch, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like you got to paint the corner on the outside, man. you know I'm mean? like this and that. And he's just like, like, He's like, you know, I watched the Grom and he has all these strikeouts. He's like, that's pretty cool. But he's like, the whole game, though, I can't. It's just, I guess, like you said, sometimes you just got to be like, uh, you know, I'm going to die on this hill trying to trying to make convince you to love it like I do. <laughs> I I watched Walker Beeler a couple of years ago pitch. Um, gosh, was it right before COVID or was it 
maybe this no maybe this is last season and he ended up having like 11 strikeouts and he went eight innings and i was with two people that weren't as big of fans and and they're like man this is kind of boring and i'm like are you watching this this dude is lights out like he is anywhere he wants to put this ball he was well i said you throw a 98 mile an hour fastball right there on that corner i mean come on let's you know please so. Exactly. That, that that that's what it's like. How and think about it. I mean, the way I always say it is like, what else can you do in life that you fail at seventy percent, seventy five percent of the time, seventy percent of the time, and like you're great. Like yep. most places you're gonna be out of a job if you do that. Like that just shows how hard it is. You know what I mean? Like three hundred, some a good rack, a good batting average, and that's failing seventy percent of the time. Hey, you could you could fail. 75% of the time and still make the Hall of Fame, you can fail 75% of the time and still be a meteorologist because them are never right with the weather. <laughs> and you true. can fail That's... 75% of the time and still hold your position in Congress. Those are the only <laughs> three places that you can you can That's fail it. 75% of the time and be okay. Those are those are the three. That's it. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned Piazza as your favorite player. Is he your all-time favorite player? Uh that's tough. Um I, I probably would say yes. Um, I, you know, I did, I love David Wright as well. Um, okay. As you went, I was at his last game when it, that place was like standing room packed. Like it was, they were selling not just seats, like standing room seats. And when he ran onto that field, like goosebumps, you know, and that was, I think the year right before COVID happened. So I think it was 2019 or something like that. Um, but that was, that was unbelievable. You know, he was, again, I felt like he even played longer than he did. But he like just just being at that game was 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 definitely pretty cool, and it was deservingly the way they the way they sent him off like that. So he, he's he's up there as well. And now, of course, Degrom is very quickly becoming a fan favorite. Although I think he, he we need to try to keep him more healthy. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, you know I <laughs> I'm starting to get kind of a this is a weird way to say this, but I guess a man crush or whatever it's. Uh, that but i can't think of another way to say it with alonzo that guy just comes out and he plays the game yeah and he's he's not the most talented athlete on the field but he can hit and he just plays the game right and he looks like yeah. he can bench press you with one arm <laughs> yeah the, the polar bear yeah, yeah. he he is funny too like when i heard that name i'm like that name is so fitting like he does look like a giant polar bear over there like a first base like you know yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, he's great. Um, he like, and you, the thing is too, like they wanted, you know, if the DH comes after these negotiations, you know, that year during COVID, they had DH and when he was, he they had um, Dom Smith playing more first base, and and that that was when they kind of thought that they had the pieces in the lineup because they were all hitting that year. Those sixty games, I mean, Michael Conforto had his best stretch of his career, and then last year was a disaster. Um, but he, he was playing, he was DHing a lot, um, Alonzo. And he doesn't really like the DH. He wants to be on first base. And, and, you know, he's not, you know, maybe as athletic over there as Dom Smith is, but he gives it his all. Like you said, he plays the game well. He's a good, he's a heads-up base runner. You know, he doesn't, uh, although, um, you know, he does get picked off sometimes, but. <laughs> a couple of times, yeah. I, I remember there was, I think, um, I forget his name. He, um, The guy on the the Nationals, first baseman. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. He was over there. Ryan chatting Zimmerman. 
Zimmerman, yes, yes. And and he was sitting there chatting it up with Alonzo, and he got him to completely different, pay attention and then picked him off, and he's laughing all into the dugout. And Alonzo is just on his knees like, I can't believe I just let that happen. <laughs> so, you know, he's a young player, but, yeah, he's great. Alonzo just strikes me as the kind of guy that in 30 years you're going to bump into him at some <laughs> diner during breakfast time that's going to have gained 30 pounds, and somebody's going to say, that's the guy who used to play for the Mets, and you're like, nah, that isn't. <laughs> right. You know, he's just a down to earth, just kind of guy, you know, you bump into him in Nebraska or something like that at some diner. Right? <laughs> exactly. And and so. he really took um, like the New York pride too. like he was wearing the cleats for 9-11. Like he he's doing a lot for the community. So like you could tell, I mean, he definitely, in my opinion, you know, wants to be here for, you know, the 10 years. So. And that's those are the kind of players that I actually like. They're the ones that. So other guys that were like that were guys like Dustin Pedroia um, and Chase Utley. Boy, those guys, with the exception of what happened, I, I know, and I, I, I know you're going to hate that. With the exception <laughs> yeah, of that slide, Utley, you know? <laughs> prior to that slide, he played the game right, right? And I, as a Dodger fan, I will tell you that he slid late, <laughs> okay? That was not cool. But as a Philly, tell me that he wasn't the guy that played the game right. No, he he, he was. He was. Um, and I, I I also love, you know, people like that, you know, just players like that. You know, the ones, you know, that you could just see they're just such like competitors. Like they're not just it's not just about the paycheck. Like these guys want to win. You know, I mean, at the, at the highest level, and like that's always hats off to guys like that who just like wear it. Jane Victorino, guys like that. They're not guys that are just chasing around paychecks. They're guys that are right. are just wanting it. So I love it. Okay. As a Dodger fan, I have a couple of these. My next question is going to be fun for you, though. Which player can you not stand to see come in and play your team? You, there's your own personal kryptonite. This player comes in, and either he's a pitcher and he's going to dominate you, or he's a hitter and he's going to, he's going to go 10 for 13 at City Field. Who is that? So, oh, so you mean like again, an opponent? Yeah. Yeah. So that one, um, that one's tough. I know I just, I, I go back to, um, I forget the years now, but I mean, every time I felt like Granky played the Mets was just always just a nightmare. It was just like, it, it was just like, you could be on like a hottest streak as a team. Then he comes in and puts your team in a slump for a month. Like it was like every time. So I mean that 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 was one of the ones that I was always uh, always sucking your teeth when you when you see that line when you see him on the mound. But that's the first one that comes to mind for me. You know there was there was two guys actually two bets that I respected but I hated every time they came in to play the Dodgers or we went to um, to Queens to play. Um, David Wright, you mentioned him for some yeah. reason. Didn't matter how hurt he was, he played his A game when he was playing the Dodgers. And I, for a couple of days, I had to hate the guy, but <laughs> you, I, he's another guy that I really respect. I mean, if he would have been healthy and stayed a little bit more healthy, could have played a few more years. He's definitely a hall of famer. Yep. Um, and the other one, believe it or not, was um, Jose Reyes. That guy, it didn't matter how hurt he was. He came in to play the Dodgers and forget about it. The guy is like stealing, you know, all kinds of bases on us. And he's going 10 for 13 with four stolen bases and two home runs and nine RBIs. And you're like, 
the bases are loaded and you just put them on, put them on. This is he, he was something too. Yeah. Growing up with Reyes. I mean, he, he had the, you know, the, the bases and then a couple of years, you know, he hit like 20 home runs too. Like out of nowhere, but yeah, he, he was, uh, he, he was something to watch too. And, and I don't even mind when they brought him back later on, just because like, to me, he, he was, um, he's, he's, you know, he's a Met, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, he was, he was definitely fun to watch. You know, I always remember him running the bases and you'd always picture it and his tongue sticking out while he's running the bases and he's diving head first into third or something like that. But yeah, he, 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 he was definitely fun as well. Yeah. The, these guys, I mean, you had a couple of, of Mets that we, we hated seeing on the West coast here. Um, not because they were bad dudes. It was just, and Dom Smith has kind of become that guy recently um, when we've been playing you. He's just, he's been kind of lights out. It's funny because guys like Bryce Harper, guys that you think would normally dominate, Bryce Harper struggles in LA. I don't know what it is, but he struggles in LA. Yeah, uh, Bryce Harper, I think, has some of those, like, he, he he's like up, he's like hot when he's hot. I mean, that, that could be said for all these power hitters, but I mean, he, he does seem like he struggles against certain teams that you that you wouldn't expect. Like you know, he'll go through stretches where it's like he's two for two for twelve, and like ten, all ten of them are strikeouts. <laughs> yeah, he's and you know that guy. You know he's got a great ability, but man, let's let's tone down the the competitive <sighs> mojo just a little bit, right? The thing with that is, like, you see, like, the, it's like everywhere he goes is the teammates don't even like him. Like, no one, like, he comes in the dugout after hitting a home run and everyone's, like, on the other side. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it just seems like he just, like, rolls people the wrong way. It's like the, the Jonathan Applebond of the outfield. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, it was so, I loved it, though, when he got traded that very next year, the Nationals win this World Series. I was like, you know, like, he was their big superstar. And then the very first year. Win the win their championship. <laughs> Did you see the clip of him being interviewed in spring training after he's wearing a Phillies jersey and after and he slipped up and he says they they asked him what are you looking forward to most because I'm here to help the Nationals win a World I mean the Phillies win a World Series. Oh no, I, I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like whoops, whoops. It's awesome. All right, my friend. Final question for you. This has been so much fun, and we, I'm telling you, I could have a blast with this, especially because. What I like about you is not only you're a Mets fan, but you've got some Mets history behind you. And I love that about fans. I, I hate when fans are just they're recent fans because the teams are winning or whatever. Oh, um, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, it just drives you nuts. Okay, <laughs> final question. You guys have made some great acquisitions over this offseason. What are you looking forward to most in the 2022 season? Yeah, I mean, I geez, like like you said, I I can uh, I can write a list for you. Um, <laughs> I guess top top, yeah. I, at the top of the list, I mean, it's got to be you know your meat of the lineup to be consistent. You know, whether that's going to be you know definitely Alonzo, um, Alonzo, Dom, and Lindor, right? In those you know in whatever order they decide to make that lineup. But like those guys, and realistically, specifically Lindor. I mean, Pete was kind of cooled. He he got hotter after the All Star break. He won that home run derby, and then he, I think he got all pumped up. But early, it had early stretches where it was like one person kept having to just like carry the load, and they were, it never seemed to be on. I think the meat of that order for those three guys need to be definitely more consistent and just um, 
like you know clutch hits it's like you, you, like we just need to have some more of this fundamental baseball where it's not a home run or anything i mean i know that's a lot of the way the league is going but i feel like that a lot of those moves that they made in this offseason brought in some more you know slap hitters and and average hitters that that can contribute to that so definitely would like some more consistency in the lineup um and then you know really looking forward to a full season with the grom i mean i mean i feel like we i mean last year we were in place in first place for felt like you know three four months and then completely blew it at the end and i feel like it could have even been closer if he was like the whole team was hurt last year but if we had would have had just a healthy Degrom, i mean it could have been a game changer. So, I mean, the last couple of years he's been hurt. So I really would like to see another full year where he can, you know, just do his thing and, you know, hopefully be up for, uh, you know, the, the conversation at the end of the year again. So. So Max Scherzer, good addition or bad addition for you guys? Um, I'd say good addition just because, you know, I, I like, I like the statistics saying, you know, the, the top, two top pitchers in baseball for the last five years are now in the Mets. So that's pretty cool. Uh, he, he reminds me of someone who's like, you know, now in a much higher example of this, but like Bartolo Colon, right? He was, he got older. He didn't have the heat on his fastball, but he was just a professional pitcher. Like he knew how to pitch even as he lost some of his, his stuff. And I think Scherzer's like that. Like he might not be prime like he was, but he's a professional hitter. I mean, pitcher, you know, he, he knows how to pitch. And, and I feel like some of that maybe can rub off on the ground. Like maybe he doesn't have to throw one Oh two every pitch, you know? So I just right. feel like, you know, players like that, who, who don't just lose it after they lose a couple, you know, miles per hour off their fastball, you know, he, he, he just knows how to get you out, you know, whether it's putting it ball in play or just hit, pushing it where you can't hit it. So I, I definitely don't mind that addition. Yeah. Um, good addition, a little bit of expensive addition, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. they finally have the Mets. I mean, for the, for how long were they saying that, you know, the Mets should be a top payroll in baseball. Like they're a top, they, they need to be. And now finally, as it stands now, we are the top payroll. So, there you <laughs> I mean, go. Hey, we got this guy to spend money, you know, Cohen, spend the money, whatever. There, there you go. Just spend the money so that we can get back to where we need to be, right? Yeah, I mean, you guys did it. The Dodgers went exploded and started getting everybody under the sun, and you know they 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 were they're in it every year. So we can yeah. only hope for that kind of, you know, that kind of result for having that kind of money. Well, it's it's actually you know doctrine by Bill here, and it's you know you you can agree or disagree with me, but I think it's really really good for baseball when you've got. A team like the Dodgers, a team like the Mets or the Yankees, um, a team like the Red Sox, the teams that are kind of the bigger market teams or have history like Detroit, St. Louis, um, when they're in the playoffs, it, I mean, that's that's good for baseball. No disrespect to to other teams, but if we had a if we had a Mariners versus Colorado World Series, who's watching that outside of Denver and Seattle? No, I, 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 I would agree with that. You know, that, that it is good for the sport, especially how, you know, they're trying to think of more ways to, you know, bring it back up popularity. You know, these, these big markets who are got the, got the followings all over the country is, is good for baseball when they're, when they're in the conversation, they're doing good. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Chris, I'm going to hold you to this. If I can get out there this, uh, this season, I'm holding you, you taking me over to city field for a game. Oh, I got you. Like I said, you know, like I told you before, 
Unlike our uh, football stadium, MetLife has no character at all. City Field has character, you know, it's the old Ebbets Field, you know, it looks just like it, but that that's a cool stadium. So if if you come, if you make it out here, that 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 will be not a problem. There you go. There you go. Well, by the way, top fans, if you didn't catch what Krista said, this is a this is a New Yorker thing. For those of you that know New Yorkers, if you are a Mets fan, what football team are you a fan of? Jets. If you're a Yankees fan, what team are you a fan of? Your Giants. Yeah, it's it's absolutely it's almost blasphemy to be a, a Mets fan and a Giants fan. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way, right, Chris? Am I am I wrong yeah. or right? Yeah, no, you're right. There there are some exceptions, but the normal rule is Mets, Jets, you know, Yankees. I right. mean, yeah, Yan- Yankees, Giants for sure. That that is the norm. Yeah, I I didn't learn that until I was in the city the first time, and I. <laughs> I somebody had said that to me and I thought I was going to get hit because I'm like, why didn't you just? I mean, you're a Yankee fan, you could be a Jets fan. So, oh, no, no, no. Oh, 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 okay. Sorry, I didn't understand the culture. My bad. I, I will tell you, I will tell you though, I have I have a, a few friends who are Mets Giants. Like, there, there, there's a there's a percentage of those fans. However, it is very, very rare for a Jet, Jets Yankee fan. Like, that's almost unheard of. Like, there are some of those, you know, Mets Giants, like I said, but the Yankee Jets is like, I mean, that's like, a, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like, that's hard to find. Uh, well, top fans, not only have you learned a little bit about the Mets and, and Chris and, and his love for the game and some of the nostalgia, which is great, we've learned some New York culture. So just in case, you know, you're, you're looking for New York culture, leave it right here. Top fans, we got it for you. Chris, thank you for joining me. I Can we come back? Can we do this again? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Uh, the pleasure is mine. I, I appreciate you having me on. Hey, thanks for coming on. And and uh, top fans, this will be up shortly. So uh, feel free, like I said, make any comments you, you like. Uh, when it goes up on YouTube, make a comment. Tell, tell Chris or I if we're wrong or if we missed something. But Chris, thank you for your time this afternoon and we appreciate it. And uh, we'll have you on again soon. Awesome. Thanks again. You bet.